Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Story number one, Drunk Substance 37-C, written by Blashed. Substance 37-C is banned in most of sentient circles. The drug has been a scourge amongst the galactic races for eons, wiping out entire colonies, planets, and civilizations with its dictative lure. Every time the uppity planet thinks it would be a good idea to discuss decriminalization, they are snuffed out. The thought being one planet is a better sacrifice than a whole system. The black market was the only place to acquire it for the longest time. Even they stopped carrying it though, after centuries of raids figuring out that it's easier to operate with a metaphorical hand grenade than an orbital hypercannon. No one wants to bring the whole operation down for a few extra credits. Scientists have completely given up on studying the substance. In smaller creature testing, the galactic standard using of disgusting bell sport for trials, most don't survive three microcycles before their brains and nervous systems tear themselves apart. Scientists have managed to study cases in the wild and found the symptoms to be the same, if not on a longer timescale. The first stage of the drug high is elevated sense of awareness, followed by a complete euphoria and the abrupt death. Conscious brain waves cease at this point. In the second stage, the deceased body shudders and convulses as the nervous system still makes input from seizing brain impulses. The final stage is the body ripping itself apart as the convulsing increases. In exceptionally small doses, the recipient may only experience the first half of the first stage but that usually never happens. The dosage would have to be so minuscule that the user couldn't measure it accurately with any common instrument. If it is so deadly, why would sentience continue to take the drug? Unfortunately, as the body rips apart, pheromones are released into the air. In contact with other sentience, the pheromones cause similar symptoms to the initial victim's drug high. It is viral-like in its nature and spreads easily. Malicious parties sometimes introduce it into the system as a way to destabilize governments or create havoc. Sometimes it is introduced into the world by sheer stupidity. Sometimes it just grows there, though. It's a dreadful substance. Truly a scourge of anything civil and rational. I hear they shoot it into their veins, and their eyes turn black, and they start screaming murder. The Galgaza, named Hellbeck, waved his claws in the air frantically gesturing at some invisible monster. The squatty, frog-like creature next to him scoffed, the sound like marbles being gargled. You're crazy, Hilbuck. No race can use 37-C like that. He was quiet for a moment and then looked down at his mug. But, um, I do hear they put it in the drinks by a handful and gulp it down like water. Hilbrook shook his insectoid head and downed the rest of his drink. Very few inebriating substances were consumable by galactic races, but the purple space scrub seemed to be standard for most. 
I'm telling you, Krog, they're monsters, and we shouldn't have made contact with them. He looked over the top of Krog's head at Yalvin, a furry, muscular space captain whose giant arms dominated the bar space in front of him. Let alone made one on a crew member. Yalvin glowered at Hilbrook, who quickly shut his mouth. Shovel, Hilbrook, don't go blotting stars in Nebula. He threw credits down on the bar and hauled himself out of the seat. Come on, let's get back. Galgaza muttered and got up, Grog following suit. When they finally got back to the ship, they opened the common area to find the place crowded with crew members. A gaggle of scientists created a low rumble as voices poured over one another. Questions were hurled at the creature sitting in the middle, his back resting on the table and calm expression on his face. He wore a worn-out crew outfit, and his hair was swept to one side. He had just arrived on the ship minutes ago. Ah, how are you actually a human? A voice shouted out in commotion. That I am, the creature in the middle said, murmurs rippling through the crowd. Can you really lift one thousand SU? Another voice shouted. The human scratched his head. Well, no, only nine hundred, the crowd gasped. Can you really go into the liquid and onto land? The human let out a small chuckle. Well, in a sense, yes. I can't breathe water or anything, but I can swim in it. Many other members in the crowd nodded and let out noises of agreement. Most had figured this, or at least heard humans were capable of it. Yelvin could feel Helbrook's unease as he nudged him in the elbow. Go ahead, ask him. You're not scared, are you? Yelvin already knew most of what the human was capable of. He had hired him, after all, but even he was intrigued by him. The Golgaza shifted and flicked his mandibles, gathering his courage. He raised his claws and shouted over the murmuring crowd, Do you really use 37-C? Can you really survive it? The crowd fell dead silent. No one breathed. Every crew member had been wondering it, but none had the courage to ask. All eyes strained on the human as he looked over Hilbrook's raised claw. He closed his arms and raised his eyebrow. I don't care what the council says. They can burn it all they want, but they can pry caffeine from my cold, dead hands. The crowd stared in shock, their silence defining. Yelvin thought he could hear Grog's heartbeat. He could definitely hear Hilbrick's fearful breathing. The human looked around and shrugged, leaning back into the table where he sat. Breakfast just isn't the same without coffee. End of story. Story number two. They promised they would. Written by Lords the Dupe. Gather around, youth of my young, and listen. Your parents did as my own parents. Heard these words, and you, in time, will tell them. Exactly as I tell them now. Every night, until there are no lights, we are held to the promise and saved by another. The story begins with war. It tore worlds apart, and ours was no different. We pledged fealty to different leaders for many reasons. And when they came, we thought, these are no different than any other. False words, hollow statements, and empty threats. They would come, they would leave, and we would endure, as always. We had known war, you see, as it was our birthright. Our species emerged from the jungles in a struggle. 
crossed vast plains and oceans, and still we carried the struggle within us all. And when we met our own, we shared that struggle violently, and often, as is our way. Today, this is not so. Today, we live in the shadow of a promise, and we will uphold our promise, it replied. Above us, a grand edifice is built by the last invaders this world will ever know, for we are guarded by this promise itself. Those invaders said that they would give us farmlands, where once we knew deserts and wasteland, and the need they delivered. Our remaining deserts are heritage spaces and wildlife preserves, kept out of posterity and genetic cataloging. They promised us time of plenty if we labored hard for it. And thus our world knows no starvation. Hunger is a hobby, not a birthright. And we live in a time of plenty perpetually. And yes, the labor is hard enough to keep us honest about it. They promised that the hand that struck us would pull back a stump for we were their allies. If only we would lend them our skies long enough to build their ships and their stations and their many, many wonderful, horrible things that move between the stars. And then the menace came. They broadcasted in all of our many frequencies, across many networks, and made many threats. They named us one by one and said that we would be sold as meat, traded for goods and services, trafficked to the farthest corner of the galaxy, and far, far more sinister than not meant for your ears. Oh, I suspect you'll find them should you be curious enough to look for them. And they arrived and saw our world undefended, unguarded, outside of all patrol routes. And with only one phrase to say, our perpetual greeting to all would-be invaders as part of the promise. Those words have ancient meaning, you see, my lovely younglings. And it digs deep into the memories of when our promised were once a great scourge onto the many faces of evil in the galaxy. Indeed, they said the same words and saw fear in the eyes of all who heard it. For they knew what it meant to go one step further. Their enemies would accept no mercy, would have no reprieve, and suffer immensely well before expiring in the most violent of all retributions. For to anger them, it was to dare darkness itself, to overwhelm and swallow one whole. The names of those species who no longer exist is long, and are the shadows of those who fled when they spoke those words of the promise to the menace. They left unharmed as we were unharmed, and have been unharmed ever since the days of days. And today, after hearing the story, words followed words, as I heard them when I was exactly your age, and as you all graduate onto the highest echelons of communications officers, and thus become the ears and mouth of our world and beyond, you may hear them now in full. Fuck around and find out. End of story. 
And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.